I'm excited to announce that I have fully pivoted to my spring and summer persona. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited, excited about this. Yeah, I want to hear this. It's all about gaming and grilling, boys. Oh, that sounds sweet, actually. That sounds great. <laughs> I'm in for this. I've, I just... You got the I PS5 have gr- and a new grill? Yeah, the PS5 and a new beautiful five-burner propane grill, stainless steel with a propane stove burner on the side. Woo! So, Woo! you know That's what's actually wild is, like, I was my first, re- like, reaction to that was, that sounds so much fun, I wish I could, like, come over and like do that and but you know but actually like well we could both be vaccinated in like a month from now I, like feasibly i got my first shot today oh you already did where yeah, we're, yeah. We're nice. getting there. i woke up at 5 a.m because <laughs> that, i was that part both anxious sucks. and excited about it well it was mostly because also i was very wor- i had some pressing deadlines at work and i was very worried about handling them before i had to leave for the appointment yeah so i just took advantage of waking up at 5 a.m and did finish Astro's Playroom and start Spider-Man. Nice. So. Astro's Playroom? It's yes, so- it's the uh it's the sh- the game that shipped with the PS5. Uh, so it's like a it's a controller demo, but it's also like a pretty good platformer. Okay. Like, I I enjoyed it a lot and it like really makes the fullest use of the controller like holy crap oh. like you used you, like you showed me with Miles Morales like how the the way the adaptive triggers work, Chris. That sounds but so much fun. In, in Astros, like there are like very hard stops, like harder than anything. Oh yeah, doing it has there. other. There are other games like that. Like uh, yeah, it's Hitman. Honestly, incredible. I love it. The guns my on only, Hitman are kind of weird because they use the triggers in an interesting way. It's very very. My strange. only fear with that feature is like, what if you're like pulling the trigger in a really tense moment in the game, and it's like a moment where it locks to be dramatic, and your brain just like caveman's out and pulls down really hard. And like cracks the trigger. Like I am, I would be actually afraid that I would just. I don't know about that. Like that. Well, like I will say, I, I feel like they can't make it too too tough for a human to break. Like that's impossible, probably. I will say for the other half of my persona, I have since getting the grill. I also it was around the stimmy time, and I've been like pretty busy this week, so I have eaten takeout for a couple of dinners. But of the four dinners that I have cooked, I have grilled three of them. Nice. And I'm. Very happy about that. Weather's Enjoying it very getting much. To the point where you want to actually be outside for grilling too. Oh yeah. I just want to. No, s- I was actually thinking about this. I have a D and D game that I'm going to play on Saturday, and if the weather's good enough, I'm probably just going to be outside the whole Set time. Set your thing outside. On my laptop. Yeah. Exactly. You should get. Um, are there like I've never known if this is a solvable problem. Like it sounds like one. Are there good like area mosquito protection sort of area of effect? Yes, actually, I just baby. Set- I, that and there are other options that are maybe not so great for the environment, but are effective if you've got a really bad mosquito problem like I do historically. Yeah. And then plus, so, if you're really not worried baby. about it, only bust that out like when you have guests. Yeah, Citru- citronella baby. But I've also I, I did also set up some orchid treatments. You can also the do the water bag thing. Water bag. Th- I'm not familiar. They did with that, that at a lot of island places that I've been to. Like not just like one island but a lot of random island places i've been to do the water bag yeah. thing where they hang a bunch of bags of water and it, I'm, it attracts because water attracts mosquitoes so they it's like using a la- like a lamp yeah it's something to that i don't know exactly how it works yeah mm. i i just I, know that i get worried for my wife's safety because she has this thing where if she gets a mosquito bite it does it it kind of swells up a, a decent amount, and we have a lot of mosquitoes. I thought this, I thought this was going to be related to water, and I was very confused where this was going to go. Yeah. No, <laughs> I I'd rather say, like, I can't, have any. I can't hang water bags everywhere <laughs> yeah, because of Bethany my wife. Famous allergic to uh, famously allergic to water, but only in large bags, <laughs> like Canadian milk. She's allergic to water, but she only if it falls it on her head. Yeah, like a, in a cartoon, like a bug. We call it Oz syndrome. God. Yeah. This um, is them's the facts. Yeah, a show about being allergic to water. <laughs> a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. I have also converted to my my March persona right now. Your March persona. Yeah, you, you guys are lucky I'm here right now. You're so lucky I'm on this podcast talking to you at this exact moment. What's your March persona, Chris? Dude, it's March Madness, baby. 
Okay. Tonight's the first and night. And yet you still haven't accepted my invite to join the pool. I forgot. Interesting. I forgot. You still got time. You've still got no, time. No, I don't. Get the game the started today. No, st- the, the, the brackets don't lock till tomorrow morning. Oh, because they don't care about the first four. Okay, I'll join it, I guess. Join the bracket. I don't know. I never, join the pool. I never super liked doing bracket pools. What I always liked doing, and we always used to do this at my house, is my dad would go get uh, four copies of the USA Today, mm-hmm. which had like a big spread bracket. And then we right. would each fill one, one out. One copy always lies. One copy yeah. always tells the truth about the basketball <laughs> scores. Well, well, I mean, we're not betting any money. It's just us filling he it would, out to be No, fine. I'm just saying it's different because he would get, he would do that. We would all fill it out and then we'd put them on the fridge and then mark how good or bad they were during it. I don't think you understand That's how exactly big of a deal. During, doing, during the. It's app. not the same. It's not on the fridge, John. <laughs> it's not paper. It's not paper. I should get into watching. It's fun. You can make. It feels like uh, it's easier to convert the visual information to game information in my head. Absolutely. Ball goes Absolutely. in hole. Good. Ball does not go in hole. Bad. Bad. But even more beyond that, like football has such a complicated structure of like what's going on on the field that like I I could like tell you how to play pretty much an entire game of football like from memory and then watch a game of football and have no idea what's going on. Like I know all That's the rules fair. of the game. <laughs> I will say the exciting thing about March Madness this year is that Georgia Tech is in it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Which is why I've allowed everyone in our group to make two brackets. Uh, yeah, I was about one to say. One realistic and we, one where Georgia Tech wins everything. Because we would also always do that in my house. My dad and I would each make an extra bracket. Mine would always have UNC win, and his would always have NC State win the whole thing. Except for the times that NC State isn't there, because they're not that good usually. But A house whatever. divided. But you, have a, you both did sort of a self-aware fantasy, like literal yeah. fantasy bracket. In yes. I don't think yeah. you under... No, it's contentious. When March comes, and my entire like my entire dad plus mom side of the family, because me and my mom <laughs> plus her side are all UNC fans. My dad went to NC State. His brother went to NC State, but his mom was a diehard Duke fan, and so was his. Wow. So is his dad. So like, and then all of uh all of his brothers, well, one of his brothers, and then all of their kids were also diehard Duke fans. So like, when March would come, we'd all hate each other basically. I always kind of enjoyed that the only sport, like my family growing up, a lot of people would watch sports, but the only sport people had strong allegiances to teams was really in baseball. A lot of my family's like Mets fans. And Mm. I feel like the, first of all, Mets fans specifically have sort of a solemn attitude ever since about like 1985. It's like Knicks fans. Yeah. Yeah. But also like baseball, I feel like, I feel like football people, like rivalry gets like contentious people get like mad baseball it's like it's like all like the you know you like you like do the fisticuff stance and like yeah see at someone for like not liking your team you like it's threaten to put like not the good sauerkraut on their hot dog that isn't your favorite kind well, baseball has the plus like- that it's a lot harder to do like a dynastic thing in baseball so there are still teams people hate but like winning a world series over and over is halfway impossible in baseball yeah so that helps baseball a little bit where it's more like friendly rivalry because most years there's like favorites, but it doesn't always. So it never out. feels like your see. team is the reason my team can't win kind of. Yeah, thing. not a lot, except for, you know, the Braves and the Cardinals for a bit. But now that's over. So it's fine. I feel like major American cities like or specifically both Chicago and New York. Baseball for them is kind of like soccer in Europe a little bit, where there's like strong neighborhood allegiance. Yeah, so, that's I also true. Say where if the game goes bad, everyone starts being really racist and killing each other. Well, that's also true. Like, <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> that's Philadelphia. Sorry if yeah. you're in Philadelphia. Oh, <laughs> that's God, e- that means, that's yeah, that's fans. true with Philly. That a lot of those disasters have been like Philly sports. So I, I think one, about it. one memory I still have very vividly from a. Uh, college was when the eagles won the super bowl and i ran god i ran to rocky mountain pizza to see if it had burned down or not <laughs> oh yeah they're like a they're like a specific team they're a designated bar. eagles they bar. are the only yeah. eagles bar in metro atlanta really really yeah which just, means whenever the eagles are in the super bowl home parks fucked yeah i just it's so wild to me that there are team specific bars outside of the like what i would assume it is is like you know you're 
you know, you're going to be the, 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 the bar is the team of whatever location it is. No, in. see, like, it's a big thing in no, transport yeah. cities, which Atlanta is one of the uh, mo- yeah, biggest so transport like, cities. So it I know like an really Auburn well. bar yeah. in, uh, in Virginia Highlands. I know that there's a UGA bar up in New York, too. Like, they're, they're around. Huh. They're, they're really there. I it's, kind of, assume, yeah. in my mind, it's like, it's a, it's a Falcons bar, you know, because of, because of where you are. But that's interesting. Okay. No, there really aren't Falcons bars in Atlanta. That's just like, no fucking point. That's just a <laughs> like, bar. That's just a bar. Yeah. yeah. Should we do this? Yeah. Uh, am I, I'm first, right? Yes. The fact. Okay. Um, so, um, Courage the Cowardly Dog, open parentheses, television show, uh, close parentheses, close parentheses, no. Otherwise, close the parentheses, yeah. the whole episode would have been apparent. Though, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, what I was trying to prevent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog was uh, famous among Cartoon Network employees and executives for kind of being the show that they had to censor the most during its run, uh, including removed bits where Eustace was a lot meaner, monsters were a lot more disgusting and genuinely threatening, etc., etc., and that's why that show is so scary for like a kid's show and why Eustace is like strangely abusive. So this mm. kind of makes sense to me because Courage the Cowardly Dog came out of that same era as your Ren and Stimpies, you know? Yeah. I actually you, was uh, Your Wrens and Assorted Stimpies. What what do you think this is this is like Truth Zone. Um what uh is the year range that you think Courage the Cowardly Dog ran in? Because that part actually, like, it's not, like, a total surprise, but something about it threw me a tiny bit. It's, like, a couple years off where I felt like it should be. Hmm. I'm going to say 99 to 2006. I'm going to guess... No, I think... Let's, no, I'm going to go 2001 think, to 2006. I think I think it's older than John thinks is. I think it's... It's, it's not. <laughs> I think it's going to be, like... 96, 97 to like 2001. Here's what threw me. 99 to 02. Oh, I was close in my original. Yeah. Like, my, my range was a little too broad. I only ran for close. three years originally. I felt like huh. they were rerunning that. And you know how long they were rerunning it because if I remember like vividly watching it a lot as a kid, they can't have stopped showing it in 2002. Like, uh, I was six years old at that point. I know. I know why I thought what I thought. Why? What'd you confuse it with? No, the pilot aired in 96, but then it didn't become a series for like four years. Oh, wow. So we're all I, right. I mean, that's pretty common. I remember the Infinity Train pilot was on YouTube like a while ago, and I think it just started running Did a few Well, that's a couple of years after, yeah. What's that famous... One of the early SpongeBob episodes where you can see the animation's different is like the pilot, and I wonder if that was similar or if it like... That show is so iconic. They were just like, we're greenlighting this now. You really have something, you know. It's it's either the Krusty Krab pizza or the um or the like the one where the Tiny Tim song is playing. I think is like the SpongeBob pilot. I mean, it is pretty common practice in animation to just do like a a one night special as a pilot and, yeah. and gauge how test audiences yeah, react. Because I'm it. pretty sure animation takes fucking forever. I'm pretty sure Rick, yeah. Rick and Morty had one of those. I'm sure. South Maybe. Park. Well, South so Park it was. Had so one. Rick and Morty was based on a short, though, called oh, yeah. Doc and Marty. I yeah, remember that. That's now. true. Lick my balls, Marty. But um, I, like South Park famously was, you know, actually a short that was actually cardboard. Yeah. Or construction paper. I don't know why I said cardboard. Oh, that's why that animation style is like that because they actually did it with. I mean, the sort of I think the first one. season was still construction paper. And Until I know they realized the you'd rather fucking die than animate an entire show that way. Well, I, I know they a lot of the first current. movie was like using construction paper too, yeah. right? Like, well, they did like a they did construction paper for real, and then they moved to like an animation program that, that resembled could, it. That resembled it, and then they moved to full digital. Mm. They uh, th- that explains the Canadians. Kind of just everything about the way Canadians look in South Park. Yeah, I think the Canadian thing came from laziness, and I'm not joking about that. No, yeah, I mean, because if you need to make someone look distinctly different, and there's, like, only, like, you literally only have, like, three physical degrees of freedom in, like, every drawing, like... I still unironically very much like South Park. I haven't watched it in a long time, so I legitimately don't know. (laughs) I haven't watched it, like, since 
starting college. I don't like, like the newest seasons anymore. But like the 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 stretch between like season eleven and like nineteen is some of the funniest TV ever. I'm gonna preface this with this is mostly sarcasm. I find this to be Chris's biggest character That's flaw. Fair, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds though. Like I will it, but say I don't know. the the Broadway episode is divine. I'm not, but well, I'm not. I'm not like a South Park bro. I just like the show. Yeah, no, no. I know. No. Be, when you say seasons eleven to nineteen, what is that in calendar years? So I feel like uh, they, that they, I can give you if you give me a second. It's recent, but the show is so satirical that I feel like the quality of it is going to depend on what current events they're satirizing and whether or not their like edginess just comes off as insensitive it's, or not. It's the seasons like, between 2007 and 2015. Oh, yeah, that I would... tracks a lot. Okay. Uh, high, South Park was pretty funny when I was in high the school. Part, yeah, yeah, like South Park around the Obama years is amazing. Like, because it seems like now they would probably just be like kind of in the weird like cancel culture panic stuff that like a lot of people are in and it just wouldn't be funny. But like none of that shit was really like that wasn't where the the discourse was at in like yeah. 08 or yeah like Obama. Well, I, I still mean, say there was an argument that like Trump broke satire for a while and he didn't break satire. Too, he just broke he, he broke traditional satire because people didn't understand how to yeah. write it anymore. Just, yeah, because he's just like a being of total impulse. My, like a, yeah. I feel like millennial focused satire has like come a lot farther in this time. He broke like yeah. Gen X satire, yeah. Yeah. but then if you look at the hard times, they've been like consistently killing it throughout oh, I love the, the Trump hard era. Times. Oh man, they've yeah. Everything I've seen from them like ever has been funny s- since yeah. at least that. I long. still maintain that the best episode South Park has ever done is the one where they explain the entire the Margaritaville yes, episode. where they explain the entire 2008 housing crisis with Margaritaville machines. Is the greatest Wait, episode do ever. They really? Yes, they explain it like actually correctly. Just because I actually think that. that that's like a good like thing that is hard-ish to understand. That it would be good if more people understood well. So honestly, if they can do it and it's funny and makes sense, because let's face it, margarita machines are a pretty. I mean, this in a good way, but lowest common denominator metaphor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think this is gonna. I think this is gonna work better. You know, the Big Short isn't for everybody. I understand. I understand. I love. I love that movie. I really like Adam McKay. But well, like, my mom it's, went it's and not saw everybody. that with her friend. Like when it came out, and oh, apparently no. she like left the, the theater, and they were like, "That was kind of good," but I only fifty percent understood anything. <laughs> I just it you know it, it aligns a lot of my interests. You know, you've got Rafe Spall, Jeremy Strong, Ryan Gosling. I love oh, talking to people who are John really Magaro. into movies because they say like the name of one actor I know, and then like seven new human beings I've never exact- fucking heard of before. You see, when when you're really into movies, you know the big names, but then you also like hone in on all the like character guys. Yeah, you know? it's I guess it's and like the character people. It's it, they're real good, real funny. It also has Margot Margot Robbie in a bubble bath explaining like, was it? I don't remember. Oh, what she's, she's explaining. She explains the um. Doesn't she explain shorting? No. Wait, no, Selena, Selena, explained, yeah, Selena explained shorting. So is so is the, so is the thing now that just like if you make a movie where they're doing stocks, you put Margot Robbie in as like the like I'm gonna talk. I'm a blonde woman who looks like she this, could be around stocks guys, and I'm gonna talk about stocks. No, it just has a random. Oh no, no, no! She was in there as Margot yeah, Robbie. They have random cutaways to what? celebrities explaining things in ways like I, you'd have to. You need, you need to watch the movie to understand. You do need to watch the Big Short. I, I will say I, I really hope someone does put Margot put Margot Robbie into explain games GameStop in the inevitable movie that's coming from Probably. that. Oh yeah, and at that point too, like if you're if you kind of do the time gap to where Wolf of Wall Street is, like she'll be like sixty when she's doing this, and it'll be like a closer to like the Betty White vibe at that point. Oh boy, I think she's gonna be like Jane Fonda personally. Mm, I don't. Really... I think she's. I think she's gonna keep it together. I, don't, I mean, I, I, I love mean, more Robbie. in the sense that Betty White's whole vibe is like, I'm old and I don't give a fuck and I'm going to be funny. Like, I feel like that'll be what... I don't know anything about, like, the the world's fam- most famous 60 to 70-year-olds, though, so I don't know the whole you, sort you of... You do know that Betty White's, like, in her 90s, right? Well, now she is, but she's been doing this whole <laughs> shtick since she was, like, 70. Well, don't you know that... When you're 90, it means you were 70. So that's what gave us. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. You know, by the intermediate value theorem, <laughs> Betty White is that. 
Yeah. Uh, so if y'all want to we... guess my fact, yeah, because I feel like we pretty much just went on our tangent and y'all felt pretty good about your sentiments. But if you want to kind of go back to the, the discussion board for I, a moment, I can. I feel like I'm pretty solidly and true for this one. I think one. I completely forgot what it was. Uh, it's Courage, that the they Cowardly Dog was yes. famous yes, for yes, being yes. like really censored. Almost like the way that I that I think of it is like, um, you know, how, you know the thing where they would call it getting Shrek at DreamWorks? And it was like, oh, uh, Shrek is the bad one. It's like, in the same sense, like, oh, that's the vulgar one, like that. Like, that's the one we always mm. have to rein in. I could kind of see it. I mean, there's other Cartoon Network shows that have, like, famously have banned episodes. Like, Dexter has a famously banned episode. Is that mm-hmm. real? Yeah, that is real. Didn't it get released, like, three or four years ago, finally? I mean, yeah. I don't think it was released officially. Maybe it was officially, but it was banned for a long time. And then... Wasn't isn't there a band like Powerpuff Girl episode or something? That feels right. Like it just feels like it would go. That show feels like it would go weird places somehow. Um, do you, if John's pretty solidly on his guess, do you have like a like a knee jerk like I'm just gonna go with it, or you wanna? I think, I think I'll go. I don't know. I think I'll actually go false. Yeah, all right. Mm. I just I, I feel like it. they they knew what they were trying to make and they had to play that game. I, I don't know. It feels like it was made well enough that it wouldn't have been a big deal. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You want to find out? I do want to find out. Let's do this. All right. Yeah, I totally made it up. Oof. That's false. Uh, it, oh well. it is based partially though. I will say, John, that the your reasoning for why it was true was kind of my reasoning for why it was feasible. Of like there was something about cartoons in this time period. Yes, absolutely. Um, I also, I was kind of thinking about this, and I didn't want to go into too much, like, I was hoping no one was going to ask me for specifics, because I was like, I really don't want to have to put a trigger warning on what I'm going to make up that Eustace said or did, because he's already, like, I was thinking about it, he's really, like, like, they hit the dog in that show. Like, that's not good. So I really didn't want to go any further than that. I'm glad that worked the way it was. All I remember, like, uh, I should watch it again, but I, re- I like, viscerally remember the Flan episode and, like, very few other Oh, episodes. my God, it's terrified me for some reason. Yeah. That this guy, I I have never, I to this day, I want to know what Flan is, like, uh, tastes like because I just want to contextualize it, and I have never gotten around to eating any. Just kind of in a little out of the way dessert to find. What else was like? What else was in the cartoon? Like what? El- what was the stuff that was out that same era? Oh, this is the same era as like Ed and Eddie, which was my favorite one. Yeah. Oh, and that's the other thing, a little more modern, but that I based this in was also the fact that apparently regular show kind of was like this in that. Yeah. It was pitched as like they're on, they're like on acid. It's like two guys who work at a store. And they're like they just like drop acid sometimes like at work, and that's why like Benson's like a gumball machine and shit. Um, so I was like, this I, there's like a fifty percent chance. Like I had to Google this before I said it because I was like, there's a fifty percent chance this is true, even though I made it up. Man, some of these things that are in this 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 run of cartoon cartoons, I forgot how like legendary this run is of shows at the same time. Like the fact, what we got? The fact that. Codename Kid Sex Dexter's Door. Laboratory, Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls, Ed, Ed and Eddie, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Grim and Evil, Codename Kid Next Door, and The Grim Adventures of Bill and Mandy all were oh, out yeah. at the same time. That is insane. Feels like it sort of precipitated into the like random humor stuff. You see like Ed, Ed and Eddie. Courage is like weird, definitely. Like Grim and uh Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy really got bizarre. And like the haunted porta potty. Who like gave like Billy a tricycle and the like the tricycle had his spirit in it and he had to Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Weird times. Yeah. Also, coincidentally, those were a bunch of shows that I technically wasn't allowed to watch. I mean, I, I didn't have That's, cable. I've heard so this I didn't lot. watch them. In, unless we were on vacation yeah. or somewhere else where I could watch them. I just kinda like didn't there was an amount of TV where, where I wouldn't watch because my parents would be like, no. And also, actually, sometimes things aren't only aired on Saturdays. My family was more religious growing up a little bit. Uh, my parents wouldn't want me to watch TV then. So I, mostly the only show that I remember only being on Saturday was like the old Yu-Gi-Oh cartoon. And I felt like I didn't really miss what anything. What a great cartoon. Because, what a great cartoon. Yeah, people really liked it. But I was like, I feel like at least like through the card game, which I like even more anyway, I have like access to this piece of media. So I never felt like too bad about what it. What a great anime. And then GX came out and it aired at a... Uh, 
different times. Well, GX is GX. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a show that in my head I hold to the standards that, you know, like nine-year-olds hold things to, so it's like pretty hard to evaluate. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, who's next I'm next. Fact? I'm just saying, it, it was All at right. least better than the whole run of, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! on motorcycles. That's when I really just couldn't do it anymore. That's when they really. That's when they really <laughs> lost me. I never saw that because I feel like we were a little older at that point, so I never really ran into it. I mean, it was on motorcycles. I don't know what else you need to know. I mean, that's, yeah, that's all that's I really need, need to know. All right, here's mine. Uh, mine is that speed dating was created by a rabbi. Oh. Huh. I don't. I. I. I you see, so the fact that you said a rabbi and not a yentl makes me doubt this. I don't know how to pronounce this but, name. Uh, if Gabe, you might could tell me. I. I could maybe correct. Yeah, if you uh, go for it, and I'm curious how you mispronounce Yaakov it. Yaakov Deyo. You, so you're for some reason. Yaakov Deyo. Yaakov is right. I don't. I don't know what the last name. It doesn't sound like a Jewish last D- name. I'm familiar with. D-E-Y-O. How do you spell that? D e y o. Oh, I don't know well, what that's that would what be. Yakov Deo, huh? Yeah, these invented speed dating. Yep. Okay. The thing that does actually make me a little incentivized to believe this is the like is like the length of time for which Jewish communities used like matchmakers. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it was, but it's a cultural trope that I have heard, and I was born in nineteen ninety six. So I have to assume it kept up for a while as a practice. I'm familiar with the Fiddler on the Roof original Broadway cast recording. <laughs> yeah, so. at the very least it shows up in that show, <laughs> yeah. which is also just like a good-ass show so people it know it. It is great music. Yeah. Like, I truly think it's, great. I, I did a production of it in high school, and it was great because I was like, I wasn't in it. I did the props, and all the actors, were, I was like, yeah, I would like help people. I'd be like, "Yeah, that name really is." So that was your music. Like, like the, specifically the fact that the name Muttle is transliterated essentially mm-hmm. as Motel because there's no other way. Okay, to John, do it what in musical? English. What I'm musical like, were yeah. you a part of in high school? Let's go around the table. Okay, the King cool. and I. The, the the King and I. Great. I I think it might be the best Rodgers and Hammerstein score, like note for note, especially because it's got that big ballet in mm-hmm. the middle of it. But Man. I think it's pretty good. I played the uh, assistant to. The vizier, that guy. I had no lines, Man. but I did do there some lifts, and that was when fun. someone's uh, when there's a vizier in it. That's how you know it's a work of fucking fiction. I, I no one <laughs> name one real life vizier. <laughs> I mean, viziers are a real thing. Oh, I know in, they like, are royal courts. <laughs> but they're like they're like one of those like specific types of royalty. That's like oh, it's like it makes anyway. me think of those like Roman. Uh, Please don't nobody dig up photos of that production because it was yellow face. See, really? I don't that, want to talk about that. That was your mistake, John. So you should have been like me and Gabe and been technical directors or anything like that. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, we didn't put like any like extra foundation on, but the the eyeliner was drawn in a way oh, to, like, to suggest. Mm. And I feel real bad about that fact now. Well, no, don't yeah, feel great feel like- about it. Right, it's like as much as it's something you never feel great about. You're also like 15, and the person you feel like dog shit is whoever you're the adults failed like, you. You didn't fail yourself. Yeah, yeah. what kind of who was overseeing this? I guess like this it wasn't, wasn't like it wasn't even a high school production. It was like a community theater production. This was, yeah, I, I, but it was be, like youth. Yeah, yeah and also like definitely not trying to do the different time thing, but it was like 2008, so it's a little less like yeah. Where people it's would get called out on their shit, I guess. 2009, but yeah. 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 Still still not super happy fucked about up, it. yeah. For me, it was Sweeney um, Todd. That's the musical I did in high school. Well, just going straight into the Sondheim pool, huh? I mean, that's what they chose to do, so that's what I did. That was I, fun. I, I feel like a lot of high schools are like more comfortable doing Sweeney Todd ever since Tim Burton did it. And also, Probably like, so. It's always a fun one. As someone who's done a lot of sort of hobbyist theater props design, if I did Sweeney Todd, it would be fun because someone would be like, can you make some meat pies? Like, and that's like... <laughs> so that's what I did. Job. I was the technical director, so I had to do all that stuff. That was Yeah, so part. like, did you rig the chair and everything? Yes, like, it was so fun. It was awesome. You ever... 
I, do, you, do you still know how to make a good meat pie, you think? I mean, I know how to make a fake one. <laughs> I don't know what else I to do. I could make you a pretty good meat pie, I think. That's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like it'd be sweet to, like, a homemade chicken pot pie. Oh, man. My only complaint is that uh, a year after I graduated high school, they decided to do Shrek the Musical, and I was so Oh, mad. man. I wish. Well, shit post of a musical. I wish I could have been in charge of that. That would have been the highlight incredible. of my life. I would have peaked like- in high school. I love the idea of Shrek, a uh, high school doing Shrek the musical, and it's like whoever the person who plays Shrek is like, who's the biggest kid we have? <laughs> like, just who's the who's like the guy who's like six foot ten and just like is gonna be a, like a linebacker because he's the only yeah. Shrek we can get. I will say the musical that I've always been jealous of the uh, the prep school in the area, the rich kid school. They did do Bat Boy my junior year. Ooh. Are are you guys familiar with Bat Boy? I know of it. It rings a bell, but that's it. It is a rock musical set in West Virginia about, well, the tabloid Bat Boy, essentially, basically being raised and trying to live among among the humans. It's it's very good. This it's got of, great music. This just this kind of just feels like a McElroy brother wrote it, but like in a good way. Like <laughs> I would like, not be surprised if I mean I know was, that I know they probably weren't involved in any productions of Bat Boy. But I would not be surprised if they had been. And just I mean, I know they the, all were the, high the, school uh, theater kids. If the you the, the, rec- the record Virginia. out there is like that that we have. We know they did Wizard of Oz. We know that Griffin was in, and then there were none at at one point. It's I don't know. I've tried to reconstruct their theatrical backgrounds just to see like what specifically are their so influences. Good, it's, it's fascinating. What do you guys think about speed dating? I think that so. Let's discuss. This, I can't, I don't know. The funny thing is like, this feels true to me, but almost in ways that are like culturally specific enough to be difficult. Like the best way I can explain this is like Jewish culture around dating is a lot less like paranoid and like puritanical about like the sex part than I feel like a lot of American culture would be used to. So I feel like the idea of like, yeah, I mean, you can date a bunch of people in the same span of time. It's not like you're some kind of trollop or whatever. Like, I would, also would register. I also feel like, and this is this is true for like Jewish communities around the world, in that they very much are like in a diaspora, so like they there tends so you to have be to like, work to find exactly. Your there tends own. to be like a, a kind of insularness to like immigrant communities like that, and I feel like when you pair religious with yeah. it, re, uh, religious aspects with it, I feel like there's an incentive to match make kind of yeah. to like preserve the community, like just from like an immigrant stu- studies. Also perspective. <laughs> as a, as a Jewish man of what would have traditionally been marriageable age, I think it's, I, I definitely appreciate not having to deal with the anxiety of speaking to the same person for more than four minutes when you know that it's explicitly a date. I got to tell you, the more I think about this, the more this is a good idea, isn't it? I, I buy this. I, I, buy I think this. I buy this. I totally fact. buy this. I'm a yes. Yeah, I'm a yes too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is true. Hey. Okay, then I'm gonna Google this guy's last name because this guy has a wild name. Yeah, he's a rabbi, and he made an event in 1998 uh, for matchmaking uh, young. Wait. What? Wait. So okay, so he invented it in the U.S., but there there are like equivalents of speed dating overseas. It's not speed dating though the same way. I, I have a... Let me kind of is, he made it, but, but what he did was he made this matchmaking event. Like, if you look up the origin of speed dating, it's him. Like, if you look I it up. I just Googled... Uh, I Googled just now 1998 speed dating. New York Times article. Who made speed dating? Or New York Times magazine is the same thing. Wow. Ironically, name of this uh, author of this article is Pagan Kennedy. Hell of a wow. name. Um... <laughs> At a matchmaking event he organized in 1998, Rabbi Yaakov Deo brought along a grogger, the noisemaker Jews used during Purim. That night, in a Pete's Coffee and Tea in Beverly Hills, the Orthodox rabbi twirled his grogger to signal when it was time for the single men and women present to switch partners. And for those of you who had never heard what one of these things sounds like, please look it up. They're made of, like, plastic gears in, like, a metal box, and they sound like... They sound like I haven't watched a Meshuggah music video in a long time, <laughs> but they all look like they would the inside of a Grogger. 
I think I'm just thinking of the one for bleed or something. I mean, yeah, bleed's the one that is supposed to be all about having an aneurysm. Like unironic, yeah, that's what bleed is about. It's unironically about having an aneurysm. I like I kind of like that song, just like straight up as a song, and it's like definitely a meme song at this point. I mean, there, mm. there's that how great. How do you video. spell Grogger? G R A G G E R. That's how they. Yeah, I would have actually made that A and O, but that's the nature of transliteration. It'll probably Google will Google will cover your ass if you spell English words wrong. So surely transliteration is fine. But yeah, there. I I want to like cheap Purim Grogger. Well, if you want to buy the Grogger, I've seen these before. We need the money we would get from them's the ads. I am not a designer, but I definitely know how hard it is to find convenient software to do just about anything. The good thing is, for you designers out there, there's Canva Pro. It's a design software that makes design simple, convenient, and reliable. You can create what you need in no time, and it's jam-packed with time-saving tools that make anyone look like a professional designer. If you want to check it out, go to partner.canva.com ppn. Welcome to the world of Pokémakers. We're Professors Fierce and Fierce, but you can call us Alex and JD. And we're making an all-new Pokémon game. But not, like, coding it, just in podcast form. What does that mean? Well, we're going to have discussions planning out our own region. Characters such as gym leaders, professors, and our own evil team. And of course, all-new Pokémon. Check us out at Pokémakers on Twitter, on the Pocket Podcast Network, or wherever you find podcasts. Gotta Gotta make them all! Dude, All right. I'm suddenly really yeah. craving a pop tart. <laughs> a pop tart? I just want to, I just wanted to put that out there. Okay, let me put it like this. I've been craving pop tarts. So last time I went to the store, I bought a lot of chocolate fudge ones. I haven't eaten any of them yet, but I think today is the day where I break down. I think I'm gonna break down and eat the chocolate fudge pop tarts with some milk. Well, it's like a big cookie. Kind after of. After we're done recording. It's it's kind of it's kind of like a it, it bad is really cookie. a big cookie to the point where the fact that it's a breakfast food dude is it's not breakfast wild it's me. not breakfast I'm gonna say I'm I'm kind of anti chocolate pop tart uh, if uh, I'm honest whatever just do your fact I don't know I think the worst pop the worst pop tart is s'more for sure I agree the best is wildberry now you want to hear something that'll make you lose your mind and then we should do your fact yeah let's let's hear this I. I swear this is true. My second semester freshman year of college, I had a pack of chocolate Pop-Tarts and like a Mountain Dew Voltage every morning for like that entire semester. That doesn't surprise me. You should watch out for like class action lawsuits where you <laughs> get some free cash. I would, I would eat that and drink that like looking back, I cannot imagine what people thought about me. I guess because I mean, since it was college, nobody cared. But like, it w- I would do that. In my I like mean, no, it's fine to do nine. My nine a.m. Like calculus class. To like, be fair, now, now every morning, pretty much, I eat a bowl of Cheerios, oat crunch, oats, and honey, and drink a glass of water, and that's my routine. Also, if yeah, you, I know. If you replace the Mountain Dew Voltage with a Dunkin' Donuts coffee, that's like literally not weird at all. So I feel like I guess. You were just using a weird source of uh, But, caffeine. like, similar to what John just said, I like comparing it to, like, that was me then, and now I, like, I wake up, and I toast my very whole wheat bagel, and I put my very plain <laughs> cream cheese on it, and I eat my Greek yogurt as well, and that's, like, my morning. <laughs> I think Greek yogurt is the opposite of Mountain Dew Voltage. Like, I think if it's too touched, they cancel out into water. Should I do my facts? Yeah, you could do your fact now. Yeah, yeah. All right. There was historically a colony of flamingos that migrated to Washington, D.C., but in upon the construction of the city, it was no longer a viable habitat for them. One time I saw Flamingo standing at the perfect angle where its legs overlap where I was standing, so it just looked like a ball <laughs> being held up by a stick. To be fair, it may have just... They, they do they do just, a one-leg stand Yeah, they thing. just stand That's on one thing leg. That's a thing that they game. do. They just do that. No, no, no. I was It was physically at a zoo, and I walked around to the other angle and saw it, but I got no, the No, but we're saying shot. that's like a normal shot because they just, walk, they just stand on one leg all the time. 
Oh, uh, yeah, but it was also Gabe, curled what up. We're saying know, is it looked like a funny lollipop. What we're saying is there's no reason to be proud of what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. It's just nature. You're it's not like, special, It's Gabe. like saying you found a picture of a, a lion with a mane. Now you're going to try and cancel me, aren't you, Snowflake? <laughs> well, I think it's like saying you found a picture of a lion with a mane that looked cool. But yeah, I still agree. <laughs> all lions with right manes look cool. Saying. That's just how I it is. I will say yeah, the, that's the awesome. lions at the Atlanta Zoo have been like getting like fuller manes now because they used to be like teen lions, but now they're like adult lions. They look so good. They, I love those they, lions. They, all, What's the they always talk about teen lion, wolf, but they never talk about teen lion. Mm. Right, which is kind of like the it's sort of like the other side to it. Like you know how in Yu-Gi-Oh GX, which we already for some reason brought up, they did like the the elemental heroes and they had like the destiny heroes. So Teen Teen Lion, yeah, is exactly. Like, teen Lion is Simba in the middle of the walking montage mm, of Hakuna Matata. Okay, yeah, it's it's yeah. when he's got that like and mohawk mane. Now what is on. what is Teen Jaguar? Yeah. Teen Jaguar. Um, I feel like Teen Jaguar. That's when you. That's when you get a car from your. I dad feel like Teen Jaguar 16. is an F Zero character. Teen Jaguar is a DC character, actually. It's some. It's or a like really. A, it's a oh. really offensive Mexican stereotype that was inserted into the Teen Titans for like a five issue run, and it huh, tested okay. so badly they had okay. to cancel it. It's funny you say that because in in the Star Fox trilogy, that Jaguar character is actually very Hispanic. Wait, there's a Jaguar character in I the think Star he's Fox a trilogy? No, wait, or is he Panther? There's... Never mind, he's Panther. Never... I'm sorry. He's Panther. I've never played a Star Fox game, and I believe that if you told me that there was any animal with any accent, you could convince me they would Didn't they make, game. like, a Star Wolf game that was, like, their equivalent of Shadow the Hedgehog? Kind of. Man, we don't talk about that game. They, if not, it's just, like, a... Either they did I can't remember I played idea. the Shadow like... the Hedgehog game when I was a kid, and I actually thought it, and I thought it was good. Yeah. That's the worst part. <laughs> Sonic, but gun. It, Chaos control. It had a it had an interesting idea of like the branching story and stuff. It just was a Sonic series. I legit have never 2000s. understood how like, any Sonic game is considered good. I'll put it out. I there. mean, it was Sonic, but gun. I'll put it out there. What about Sonic? What about like the old Sonic old, old, CD old was pretty. Good. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's not. For I me. mean, it's platformer, but fast. Oh, that that I get. Yeah, if you're saying it's not for me, that I get. But I think I've never really played much of the Sonic games, but the bits I've played of, like, 90s Sonic games, like... I remember playing Sonic on my Windows 95 PC, and it was fun. I remember playing uh, Commander Keen, which got put back on Steam recently. Now, that's a, that's a game. Anyone remember uh, Space Adventure Pinball on XP? Oh, That's did, what you, I was did you guys know the cheat this. code? Did you know the cheat code? <laughs> there was a cheat code? Yeah, there was a cheat code where uh, you would type it. Yeah, where if you get internet, no. <laughs> you play other games. No, there was actually a cheat code in Space Pinball where uh, I can't remember what it was exactly, but if you typed it and then you hit tilt and then you clicked, the ball would snap to your mouse and then you would just be able to move the ball wherever you want it with your mouse. Holy shit. I think... I think that that game gave kids in that time period really unrealistic expectations of how much fun. And what in the world? Uh, what is that's a what? What are you talking about, Gabe? John, Gabe, great. what are you, Gabe? What are you doing? I I like it now, but when I was a kid, Dude, I felt real like pinball it machines was too are way crazier than that. Going one. on, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I had so I much fun playing the so, pinball machines in Seattle. The, at the problem museum. is they're all oh. like they all look really dated to a kid. So Dude, until you I was haven't like seen 15, any of the cool ones. I was like, I was like, you gotta come to my parents' basement work. sometime post-vaccine, yeah. Gabe. Do you mean? Do you mean the? I mean, mean the, the place the, or your literal the bar basement? slash comic shop where I do buy my comics okay. and that does have okay. a pinball league. Well. Only because that does sound fun, but for a moment, I thought and fully believed that your dad owned, like, two to three pinball machines. No, nah, we live in Augusta. Reason. We don't have a like, basement. Any... Dude, owning a pinball machine is definitely one of my dad goals, if that is ever a thing in my life. I will own a pinball machine. There's they're like, no way I won't. I'm pretty sure they're only, like, like this is this is a big only, but you know what I mean in this context, like $1,000. Like, it's not like an I know, but I'm saying I will be that dad that income. has a pinball machine. <laughs> I've staked that That'd out. That'd be so sick. Back on cheat codes, can I just <laughs> talk real quick about the Age of Empires 2 cheat codes? Uh, and how great they were? Uh, I'm interested. Are, I'm not familiar are with Are you guys familiar with my man Furious the Monkey Boy? No. 
He was I, if you typed in like Furious him. the Monkey Boy into the chat, you would be given a five HP ape that had an insta kill hit. Okay. And it just walk around it would just sick. walk around. It was fully animated in the game. And it could hit at range too. It didn't actually have to be in range. And it would just one hit kill any any infantry unit at all. But if it took any damage, it was done. So it's kind of like if the Dark Templars from StarCraft Two were orangutans, specifically. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a real monkey. Like a real monkey could kill anything. <laughs> a real monkey kind of. That's like that. that's just how monkeys are. Like they can kill anything they get their hands on until something gets its hands on them, and then they're done. I I've heard this. Like chimps are like very. Dude, much have you never vicious. seen the thing that's like it, a uh, an orangutan with no hair? That is terrifying. Oh god, I don't want to see that. Well, so the thing I think is that all shaved monkey creatures are actually really... My theory is that all primates, hairless, look really, really scary. And that, that includes, includes people. people. But we ourselves are primed to, to see our own I guess. What I was actually thinking is the, what chimpanzees look like without hair, which is they look... Mm-mm-mm-mm. You look at them and you understand that it is more dangerous than you will ever be in your life. They are so ripped. It is insane. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Oh, they you mean are, in terms of muscle. They I are figured you absolutely meant... ripped. It is just wild. shredded. I don't think you understand. I, I always assumed that a chimpanzee fully shaved would look like like a like a Bush family member. I just put like, a picture of really a chimpanzee bad. in the chat. Look at this thing. I'm not posting this because I don't want to scare our no, listeners. No, you don't have to post it, but you need to look at it right now. That is. Oh wow! No, that's that's a what scary chimpanzees monkey, look yeah. like, dude. Jesus Christ, it's worse than I could have imagined. Like imagine imagine like what a shredded we, 10-year-old and that's what they are. But the but the 10-year-old is more why shredded are we than human any human bouncers. Like at at bars and clubs. Why do we use human bouncers? Because these guys will work for like I don't like where this is going, less. Gabe. I don't like uh, that that does not This is this is a Planet of the Apes situation getting started right here. <laughs> All right, I promise this is the last hairless where? chimpanzee picture I'm going to post. Oh god. Look at that, dude! Whoa, he looks like he's about to do a sprint. He looks like he's got it's his insane. hands down, like he's gonna. I'm sprint. so terrified of them. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. Anyway, we could talk about literally anything else now. Yeah, I could talk about literally. We could uh, try to remember what the fact was. <laughs> yeah, there was, was a colony say, of flamingos a... in the DC area before so the I, would I somewhat to believe DC. this because DC was swampy, but. It still is if you the listen to certain of people. Is so uh-huh, yeah, fucked that's up. the funny uh, <laughs> the swamp. The climate of DC is fucked up enough to. But allow are flamingos native to the U.S. in general? I. They they live in estuaries. There's there some colonies in Florida. Florida mm-hmm. has them. Yeah, I don't know if they're native to Florida, but they, Florida. Yeah, has I would think they're not native flamingos. though. I just I, flamingos don't I, scream I, native flamingo, to me. You know what I mean. The problem with that is you're right, but look at look at any location in the entire world, and you would be like, yeah, flamingos can't be from here. That's not true. Maybe I think like, they're probably from the Caribbean. Yeah, I could believe I could believe actually Florida specifically, and I could believe somewhere that's more like I don't know, like Savannah like, but then with like low lying like water bits. Like anything swampy and kind of flat. I just feel like I, I feel like the climate um, isn't doing it. Oh, also the colony migration part is relevant. Like, do flamingos do that shit at all? That's also a like, good point. Like, if they're if they're a tropical sojourns? bird, they wouldn't have to do that. And they don't fly. But you say that, but hummingbirds they... migrate to the U.S. every year, and they are very much a tropical. Oh, bird. but hummingbirds are very small. They yeah. Can, like if the temperature change. They're so small. In my, yeah, in my mind, it's more of a physical body restriction because hummingbirds are small and flying. Hummingbirds and come go here to look cute everywhere. and get different. You know, they just want different. Uh, they just want different compliments, right? They want to. They want other compliments <laughs> yeah. from a different language, so they come up here. They get them. They get. They get like, oh wow, you're so pretty and cute, and then they go back, and then they get you know all of the other versions of the same words. Just... Like other flamingo species, American flamingos will migrate short distances to ensure that they get enough food or because their current habitat has been disturbed in some way. I'm going to need so to they... know what short means. What? I don't know. You know, I don't know what short, know what short means, but. Uh, okay. Or think about it this way if it qualifies as migration at all, it's pretty long. So short migration probably is like Florida to DC. I'm going to. I... I think 
depend like North Florida. I think I'm gonna say no way. And the other thing I'm thinking about that makes me think that is weren't uh weren't weren't flamingos seen by uh what's his face the dude Darwin. There are multiple species of flamingos. I know, but like, really, that there's multiple species me. of like literally like, everything. But yes, there were some in the Galapagos. I don't know. I'm gonna say no. I don't see it. I don't think it makes any sense. This is a this is a really contentious one for me. I'm actually gonna I'm I because I love the split votes. I'm gonna go for sort of the the misers yes as it were, but. This is this is a tough one. I'm gonna go true. This is completely made up. I came up with this as I was making the Discord call. Yeah, the, uh, okay. Google meets link and looking at the flamingo strung okay, around. Okay, cool. Like cool. I feel like it, I, if you had said Florida, I would believe it because I think they well, are. But there I think, are there are some in the Keys. Yeah, I think they're invasive to Florida, and that's why I wasn't they sure. Are, there's there's some that debate as right. to whether or not they are actually invasive because historically there were flamingos that were like hunted out in Florida. So now they're kind of ecologically. In, what's their like niche? Like, where they eat? Well, the people do that too <laughs> in Florida and everywhere. I did it this weekend. It was very good. Oh, on the grill. On the grill made some skewers. It was great. Yes, that's good. Um, should we do a listener fact? Let's do a listener fact. We should. Uh, we should do one on the grill. We don't have any grill facts. We have a bunch of we have a bunch of Pokemon uh, okay. facts. Let's get a Pokemon okay. fact. Get some uh, nice cross. Yeah, I'm, I'm into that. Um, how about this one? It's from It's Your Boy JD. He him. He said, while the memes say Ash Ketchum never ages, he's actually had two birthdays in the anime, and now he's canonically twelve. Please give a slight summary background. The first time we see him have a birthday is the end of Pikachu and Pichu, before the third movie, and the second time is during the Sun and Moon series. Mm. Team Rocket are the only characters who acknowledge real world real world time. So Ash kind of it's like it's like dog years but backwards. Like he aged two years in like fourteen yeah. years. Huh. Uh, I feel do like we it's buy no. this? I feel like it's no. I I could have sworn. I don't know what I have heard and read about the Sun and Moon series. As it's has argued is that it arguably did like change the Pokemon anime in a lot of ways, and like it acknowledged things that had happened before that people just thought they had just like forgotten about like he saw his like oh. however many tauroses that he captured oh. and everything like went back he like went back to pallet town at one point i think yeah so i, I think that fun. what they've been doing on um. the newest series is like he goes around the world a bunch so it's like in different areas all the time but so he's in merry old gala but i could have sworn in the byline mm-hmm. of like when they announced sun and moon that it said he was t- 10 still like I could have sworn that was in the byline of the series. I wouldn't know, mm. um, and I also wouldn't trust them to be consistent about it. I'm willing to go yes. I on think this I'm one, going yes. I feel like he's just ten. I I think that's a feasible answer. Like I'm not. I, I completely to like, buy the theory that the entire Pokemon anime is inside of Ash Ketchum's head because he got hit on the head right at the beginning of the first episode. Right. Ah, uh, uh, another Saint Elsewhere. Here yes, we go. Exactly. He he he. Yeah, but here's the catch. Ash is the snow globe. It's a sort of Osmosis <laughs> yes. Jones situation. I think he's still 10. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's it find out. says false. Damn! He is 10. Wow. No, it said... Ash is... This was a very intricately she's spun had, fact then. I now, like now here's the... There have certainly been more episodes than days in a year at this point, right? Almost... Like, uh, how many thousand... If the shows ran for 20 years, then they would only have to average an episode it does say every 20 days. Which the party in have. Pikachu and Pichu is a celebration of the anniversary of Ash and Pikachu meeting, which would mean at least a year Which would passed. mean that he's at least 11. And then it says, in the Sun and Moon series, Professor Burnett is pregnant at the end of the series, and in the next series, she has her baby. So it seems that... <laughs> oh, oh, so they advanced. said, it seems like the whole series takes place in real time, but no one ages except for fetuses. <laughs> right. No, no, no. That's so not like, it. It's that the gestation period of a Pokemon professor is much <laughs> shorter than nine. They're months. just unstuck in time, basically. Yeah. So this, all in a way, this Ash's is, brain. In a way, this Ash, is kind Ash of the is, Professor X Magneto problem. Like they, yeah, they had Ash to kill had Professor X eventually because it was no longer feasible 
for him to be old enough to have met Magneto and bonded with him as well, a, as like young men because Magneto because had been... Magneto's pl- because Magneto's anchored to a point exactly in exactly that's kind of funny. Um, I think that this see Ash has had actually eleven birthdays, but what you haven't seen is his eleven off-screen anti-birthdays mm. where he uh. ages because he's unstuck in time. So he 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 has actually been. Uh, off screen every age between uh like some imaginary numbers and like um 806 like methuselah mm, that was what they called him yes. but i mean yeah, i think that, i mean the real answer is that the they want it always to appeal to kids and they don't or, think and and, yeah. and because like i feel like most as much as it would be fun to do it like or, Brady, where he's like 20 or his Greninja ages for him. It's a it's a picture of Dorian Gray situation. <laughs> picture of Do- picture of Dorian Gren. Yeah, and it's his Greninja ages for him. Yeah, see, no, see, the thing that ages for him is one of the Pokemon that's like based on one of those animals that's immortal. See, so it never dies because it's he's got a lobster po. He's got a crawdont. There you go. Him. The lobsters is crabs and lobsters. That's the one they don't, they don't die. Not really. Or jellyfish. I, I they think do that too. I think crabs and lobsters technically don't die. Yeah, I mean they do a lot now because of we people, eat them. But yes. Yeah, I mean, which it's, which sucks because they do taste pretty good. I think Chris, you and they don't have a lot. You've of got no thoughts on the portrait of Ash Ketchum? Not really. I I think he's I think he's just a Paul. I'm reading I'm Paul reading a bunch I'm reading a bunch of common theories about aging in the anime on Bulbapedia. That's where I've been right now. This is the longest we've ever tangented after a listener fact, and I'm living for it. Maybe. However, uh, I am kind of curious to check the the runtime because behind the scenes fact is that. Uh, the file is in two files because my audio did a thing, so now I... All right, this is my new favorite thing I've ever read. Let me read this to you. According to the arbitrary age theory, the label of age has significantly different meanings in the Pokemon world than our world. In their culture... (laughs) Let me finish this. Please let me... I swear to God, John... John, let me get through this because it only... It only only gets better. In, In Pokemon world culture, the numerical age quote-unquote age of a person is not representative of the number of years in which they have lived, but it's it represents their familial status. When you be, when you come of age and are ready to head out into the world, you are labeled 10. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Because wait, that's a two-digit number. <laughs> when you have children, you are then labeled 20. When you have grandchildren, you become, quote, 50. Other ages may exist, but there's not enough evidence to deduce these ages and the milestones of one's life that will correspond to them. If you, see, if you apply if you apply quadratic regression, then actually, when you, see, so then I'm, I'm gonna actually do the math on this, but I, I believe that when you have a great grandchild, fa- you're about three. This theory argues that seemingly young ages for things like having grandchildren are are similar to the surprisingly young age at which children come of age in this world. In fact. Ash may well be 18 at this point, but has not yet earned a position higher than being more than 10. Wow. (laughs) Brock, Brock's familiar role would be most accurately described with a half age, quote, 15, unquote. He doesn't have children of his own, but he takes care of his younger siblings. This is the greatest thing I've ever read in my life. Nothing else will ever match this, ever. God. Okay, we have to so send this to JD by, now so they can talk about it on Pokemon. I feel like JD has probably read this. <laughs> so here's so here's uh, the math of this. If if this person's age is correct, then the extrapolated numbers would say when you have a great grandkid, you are 100. And when you have a great great grandkid, you are 170, which actually kind of works. It's not bad. Well. So yeah. um, I, I I fit the the quadratic equation and everything. We are part of the Pocket Podcast Network. Um, there are there are lots of shows on there, including, uh, as we alluded to, Pokemakers, which is a new one where they do kind of a, a pretty broad sort of spectrum of custom Pokemon stuff, like a full region with individual gym leaders and Pokemon and stuff, which is like a pretty cool take on the whole uh, fake mon quote-unquote thing where you do a whole region, so I like that a lot. Um I'll, I'll let someone else say the names of other shows. Yeah, uh, we've got Sorted, who, which Pokemakers were making before, and we've also got 
cult classics, no dice, lots of everything, basically. Yeah. Pocketpodcastnetwork.com takes you to all of those. You can also submit our listener facts, like you heard before, uh, either through our page on there, or if you go to abolishunits.com, it will redirect you straight there. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, and uh, the intro and outro music of our show is Never Far by James Under USA, which now goes under the name Pop Weirdos. Uh, you can you find... Pop ahead. Weirdos? What is, is that? It? You, you mean New Weirdos? Yeah, I don't know why I said Pop Weirdos. I had that on my brain. I saw a post today about a show that Pop Weirdos played a year ago, and that's why it popped to my brain. Let me let me yeah. apologize for that. New Weirdos is the new name for James Hunter USA. Sorry about that, James. I will say for a second, I did think you were going to say Never Meant. I don't know why. Because <laughs> it happened <laughs> yeah, before, remember? Yes. <laughs> James, James has actually turned into um, every member of American football. You can get Sorry. their music anywhere at all. Well, not anywhere at all, but most places. I, I I guess it's not a Best Buy. I don't know. You can get get places get it most places online. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you should uh rate and like subscribe, all that good stuff. I heard that uh, I heard that iTunes is changing their thing to follow instead of subscribe. So do the do follow huh. instead. I think they didn't like the fact that subscribe implies money. So. Yeah, it's like how Facebook changed from become a fan to like follow kind of like a similar notion of like endorsement versus just attention. Yeah, so yeah, that would help us a lot. You leave a review, all that good stuff. Yeah. But uh, other than that, until um, next time, uh, I'm Chris. I'm John. I'm Gabe. Don't believe everything you hear. Good Podcast Network. Quality programming right to the pocket.